Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, and really excited to have another Ohio Bobcat on with me today. Marshall Payne, uh, analyst in basketball operations and analytics uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Really excited to talk to Marshall. He's got a great story. Um, I met Marshall when I was in grad school and uh, to learn that he was at the time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make you sound old, but uh, I think you were 10 years older than me at the time. Um, you know, it was really cool to see how you were transitioning careers uh, to also learn about your, your uh, past as well, uh, kind of going through your twenties and um, to also see kind of your journey through the various internships to get you to where you are now. Um, really excited to talk to you. So Marshall, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. And uh, I believe if I was 10 years older than you then, I, I still would be now if, if the <laughs> math checks out. That's, that is true. Um, so walk us back a little bit into your path of how you got to Ohio, and then we'll kind of fast forward to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. So uh, about six or seven years after undergrad, I kind of started to become a little more focused on, on my career and um, kind of instead of what I describe as kind of having a, a string of random jobs here and there, I, I decided I, I wanted to get more focused and um, I, I started taking a few night classes at Stanford University taught by Ohio legend Andy Dulwich. Um, and I became pretty close with him starting then and uh, through kind of talking to him and, you know, bouncing some ideas off of him. He mentioned that if I'm serious about working in sports um, and I'm thinking about going back to grad, back to school, to grad school, which I was, I should check out Ohio. Um, so I did. And fortunately, uh, they accepted me. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a it's been a great ride since then. So our time in Athens, uh, you know, I knew you were very focused on the, the analytics side of things and you got your first kind of foot in the door with the Pacers in Indianapolis. And ironically enough, the stars align where I somehow go out to Arizona, make my way to Indiana of all places. Um, and we reconnected uh, back in Indianapolis uh, a time or two. Tell us a little bit about your uh, experience with the Pacers. Yeah, that was great. Um, you know, the, the main thing I, I took away from that experience was just, uh, you know, uh, in grad school, you hear a lot about kind of organizational culture and, and building a winning culture. And um, that, that was certainly true in Indianapolis. Um, you know, not, not only was what did I really enjoy kind of the day to day of working as a basketball analytics intern, but um, just the people and the whole basketball operations and those I met with on the business side as well. They were just all really kind, respectful, hardworking people. And, um, you know, I would say it's it's less about what you're doing and more about who you're doing it with. And, uh, yeah, I'm really thankful to, you know, my boss, Spencer Anderson, who runs the analytics department there. Uh, I had a coworker, Nick, who I worked very closely with and learned a lot from. Um, and I was kind of able to transition pretty smoothly when, once that internship ended uh, right into another internship with the Kings. Um, so it was, it was nice to have kind of another opportunity waiting for me when that first one ended. And that's not always the case with everyone. And, and um, certainly timing is, is a lot of it. Uh, what was the process like going through from the job search at OU to, you know, the Pacers internship to the Kings internship to then 
uh, ultimately becoming full-time. Yeah, I mean, as smooth as that transition from the Pacers to the Kings internships was, it was uh, equally not smooth once my uh, Kings internship ended. So um, at that time, um, you know, there, there wasn't a full-time position available. And so I, I was on the job hunt over the summer, last summer, 19. And, um, you know, fortunately, a, a position opened up and, and they brought me back on. Um, kind of the, the summer right after grad school in, in 2018, um, it was also, you know, pretty difficult to get that first opportunity, which is, you know, part of the reason I, I was so grateful to the Pacers for kind of, uh, you know, g- giving me my first shot. And that's, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people pursuing careers in sports industries in, in the sports industry uh, come to realize is that, you know, once you have your foot in the door, that's like, you know, that's a big deal. Um, but, you know, getting your first opportunity is, is really tricky sometimes. And, um, you know, I think you just got to be patient and stay persistent and continue to build your network. Um, and if, you know, if you kind of do quality work and build good relationships, come across uh, I think inevitably you, you do get your first opportunity and, you know, then hopefully you do well in that and that, you know, eventually you kind of just start gaining some momentum. And instead of looking at your resume and seeing this barren landscape, you see, OK, cool. They got, you know, one cool opportunity and then, you know, eventually it grows and you become a, a pretty legitimate candidate. No, that's awesome. And, and in terms of the skill sets you're building along the way, you know, along with the experiences, what is the analytics side all about, right? We hear it in the sports industry and also outside the sports industry, but more so because of the heightened uh, exposure of sports. You know, we hear it on the player side, whether it's baseball or football or basketball. Um, what truly is that day-to-day? Are you doing projects on, you know, the players specifically, the teams, the coaches? I mean, what what is, um, you know, what's, what's entailing within uh, – that landscape of, you know, using the data and the, and the analytics and different systems? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great question. It's, you know, it's funny to I mean, some of my friends from back home, they'll, they'll be like, so are you, so are you at the game? Keep, you know, tracking stats and stuff. I'm like, no, you know, we, we get our data elsewhere, but <laughs> um, you know, it, it varies day to day, right? Like no two days are the same, like most jobs, but you know, at a, at a very high level, um, what the department I work in, our basketball analytics department does, is we try to use objective information to help inform basketball-related decisions um, as well as we can. So, and, you know, that falls into stuff with, um, you know, roster decisions as well as kind of in-game strategy stuff. So, you know, we, we build predictive models. We, we uh, you know, help build reports for coaches. Um, you know, a lot of it is kind of, a coach or, uh, you know, someone on the player development side is curious about something. So we'll look up information for them. Um, and we really just kind of try to be um, stewards of, you know, high quality and reliable data and, um, you know, try and help make sure that uh, the decision makers have the best and as much information as possible when making those decisions. And from a data perspective, how do you balance the ability to, um, teach or coach what the data means, right? Like it's one thing to just have the data, but to actually put it to use and put it into action. Where's that, where does that bridge come in? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with just, uh, you know, people's communicating styles. Um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, like I, you know, when I was interviewing for a ton of jobs last summer, I, I would always say, 
you know, as I, I think I have solid skills as a, as a data analyst, but, um, you know, if, if you can, you know, build the most accurate predictive model and, you know, have all this amazing data, um, if you can kind of communicate what's important about it and why that's important and how that can help, then it's, you know, it's, it's essentially worthless. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely balancing, like, you know, building with building relationships with other people in the basketball operations, uh, side of things with the Kings. And, um, you know, I, I just say communication is key. And in terms of communication, you know, you're, you're constantly, um, sifting through data and different, um, software and, you know, you're working with people alongside, but you're also, you know, you're kind of doing your own um, job per se in, in the sense of you've got a task and you've got to do it. You're not necessarily collaborating all the time with other people. Um, how do you kind of switch on and off from, you know, the, the predictive model building and, and truly being in uh, the computer side of things to, then being on the court, talking with the coaches, you know, the players, et cetera. Right. Um, well, you know, part of it is just trying to foster a culture of, you know, open communication and relationship building. Um, we try not to get too deep in the weeds all the time with, you know, the computer side of things. Obviously, you know, the, the work we do is, is pretty technical, but, you know, even when we're kind of, you know, in the zone on our laptops, all cranking out some computer code, um, you know, the, the people in our department all sit, you know, in kind of an open area all next to each other. So um, there's, you know, there's chit chat throughout the day. If, if I have a question and I need some help with something, um, I, you know, I'm more than comfortable with reaching out to a coworker about it. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of have different different people within our organization that, um, you know, have have different levels of interaction with with other parts of the basketball operations department. Um so, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's really about turning it on and off and, and kind of more of just trying to stay in a steady state of, um, you know, getting the work we need to get done while also kind of being open to questions or requests or collaboration or um, kind of more of the interpersonal side as well. No, that's great. And now take us, we're going to take a quick step back to when you were in grad school and you're trying to prepare for these types of jobs, right? And you're, you're trying to build the skill sets. You're trying to build the knowledge base of how to use uh, some of those skill sets and how it could potentially apply. What are some of the things that other students could be doing now that you're in it um, that might help them get to where you know you were able to get your foot in the door as well? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I I I kind of took a unique path because I I don't really have the educational background that the majority of people in um, you know in analytics departments have. So I'd say, that, you know, the typical educational background is majoring in computer science or math or statistics. Um, you know, it's, it's very technical, highly quantitative uh, educational fields where, um, you know, in undergrad, I, I got my major in global studies, mostly due to not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. Um, so, so I kind of felt, you know, once I, once I realized in grad school, okay, this is the path that, that I want to pursue. Um, I, I felt a little bit behind the eight ball simply because, um, you know, wh while I've always been pretty good with numbers and everything, but I, I don't, you know, I didn't know any computer code or anything like that. Um, so 
I think the first step for me was identifying specifically what skills I needed to get good at, right? Because you hear analytics and, you know, that sounds great, but like, what is, what does that actually mean? Is there a certain computer language or a certain software I need to get familiar with? Like, what are the specific steps I need to take to get good at what I, what I need to get good at? And so I found that information out from doing a lot of informational interviews with people in the industry, uh, reaching out to some Ohio alum who are, who are in the sports analytics field um, and just saying, you know, my kind of ending question during those, during those conversations was, you know, if you, were in, if you were in my shoes with a year or two left in grad school, you have a lot of educational resources in, in this awesome university I'm in, um, and you're trying to get somewhere close to where you're at now, what would be the things you were, what would be the things you would focus on and what would be the skills you would try to develop? So that kind of gave me a, a pretty good picture of what I needed to get good at. Um, and then from there, it was like, just do it, right? So you're, you're at a university, mm-hmm. you can, um, I, I took a lot of additional electives uh, in addition to our, our sports administration uh, curriculum. And that kind of provided a, a pretty good, uh, maybe like an undergrad level foundation of um, like data science, computer skills. And then from there, it was just kind of working as hard as I can using online resources. You know, there's a YouTube video for everything. A lot of kind of computer coding, you know, boot camp style websites out there. And then just working on, on in, uh, independent projects as well. Um, I find that, you know, you can kind of take classes and learn the, you know, kind of the, uh, the dry part of, of this world. But until you actually kind of you know, crack into a project and, and kind of realize, okay, where, where are the challenges actually and figure out ways to, to solve those challenges. Um, it's kind of tough to put like the hypothetical uh, into action. So, um, you know, the, the main, you know, technically the main things I focused on was uh, SQL and R. Those are, those are two, you know, languages, computer languages um, that, you know, through talking to people in the industry said, these are commonly used. You know, if you, if you get those two languages down pretty well, you'll you'll have a good foundation to, to build on from there. No, that's great. And I, I love the point where you said you asked other people, you know, if, if they were in your shoes and, you know, that informational interview process. Um, I got to ask, you know, through the informational interviews, uh, through the interviews that you had gone through throughout, you know, the job search process, what were maybe one of the two um, questions or things that kind of stood out uh, as common, common questions or common themes amongst the informational interviews or the other, or just the interviews in general. Uh, yeah, no, that that's a great question. I I think for the inter- informational interviews, um, really, it was I you know the most important thing for me. I guess the. The, the two most important things for me when setting up those type of phone calls would be one, make a connection with this person uh, who's, you know, in, in the field that I ultimately want to get into. Um, because, you know, it, that's another thing I, I tell, you know, undergrads who reach now reach out to me and are asking for advice is as, as technical as sports analytics is, and there, there is a baseline requirement for some technical aptitude, it's still all about the relationships, right? Maybe, maybe not as much, you know, versus, I don't know, sales where there's more soft skills and more people skills, but still, I mm-hmm. mean, all, all of the opportunities that have been afforded to me have, you know, maybe not directly, but, you know, through some, you know, through some loop, 
um, it's, it's all been from relationships I've build, built and, um, you know, connections I've made. So um, that, that's the first thing is like, you know, just that was the point of making those calls. And, and the next thing, again, was just kind of trying to drill down as specifically as what should I learn? Um, so th those are kind of the two the two main goals with those calls. And then with the actual interviews, you know, I, I applied for a couple other analytics internships that I did not get before I finally got my opportunity with the Pacers. Um, and what really stood out was, you know, there, there were a, a lot of, you know, the, a lot of them run you through a project if, if you make it that far down the down the interview process. And they ask a lot of technical skills, but they also ask a lot of basketball related skills, uh, basketball related questions. Um, so this kind of ties back to earlier what I was talking about with communication. You know, if you can do, you know, the most in-depth statistical analysis on, on a certain aspect of basketball, um, but a coach comes up to you and says, you know, hey, how, how do you think we defended the pick and roll last night? And you go, I don't really know what a pick and roll is. Um, then, you know, then then it's uh, it's not a good look. So, you know, knowing knowing the sport, kind of knowing what's going on in the league, and um, you know, if you're applying for a, a job with a specific team, I would suggest, you know, knowing about their certain, you know, their current situation, knowing about the players on their roster, um, and you know that that was certainly helpful. Um, you know, this the summer right after I applied for an internship with another NBA team, and. Lo and behold, they asked certain questions about, you know, the upcoming draft and what would you do in the offseason if you were in our shoes and uh, questions like that. And um, fortunately, I've I've been an NBA fan my whole life and, did you know, did some additional research specifically for that call. And, I, you know, I was able to at least give an answer, hopefully, with without looking too bad, although I didn't get it. So maybe I maybe I didn't give the best answer. Well. Well, maybe there, maybe someone else's answer matched up with the draft pick they were going to take, or something like that, right? Yeah. Well, no, those those are great insights, and I and I thank you for providing those. As as I think, those are you know some things that people wonder in in terms of what kind of questions am I going to get asked for these types of roles, et cetera. As we kind of wrap up the episode, one one thing to ask is, you know you're looking at the, the analytics side of the game and it's continuously growing. Um, what is the one or two things that you're kind of paying attention to in the future uh, from an analytics perspective uh, as the game grows in front of your eyes? I think a, a big thing that's, you know, been a, uh been just growing in all sports is um, player tracking data um, so you know it's the, the data that comes in that can essentially coordinate you know give the XYZ coordinates of every every player and the ball at you know multiple times per second um, and that's that's used in, in baseball I know you're a big baseball guy so you know like uh, you know launch angle I've, I've heard as a big buzzword um, and like spin rate on breaking balls and things like that. So, you know, the, I think as technology develops the ability to quantify and collect data um, that kind of captures parts of the sport that you could, you could not capture before, um, or maybe you could, but it would be insanely tedious such that it, it would not be worth the time. Um, that's, you know, that's really coming around now. You know, there's, 
There are algorithms that can, uh, you know, automatically detect what type of routes receivers are running and um, kind of, you know, uh, I know ESPN released a, a new metric about offensive line protection, um, like offensive pass protection win rate or something like that, where, you know, based on the player tracking data, it can see, um, you know, how frequently offensive linemen are not letting the, the rusher pass them. So th- those are things that you couldn't, you know, you either couldn't get before or uh, it, it would just require so much work to manually go through the video of every single play that, um, you know, teams just didn't have the resources to do that. So I, so I think the player tracking one is big. Um, and I think, you know, it's been around for, for a few years at least now. And I think teams are, are still kind of figuring out what to do with it. Like, I think anytime there's a new technology that, that gives you access to this whole new suite of data, there's there's kind of a learning curve and you know at first it's oh wow well, look at all this new data we have and then the next question is like okay well um how can we use this data to uh you know increase our understanding of the game and kind of better better evaluate the decisions we're making no that's great and certainly you know the player health side tracking as well with fatigue and you know travel days and rest days and all that sort of stuff i would assume is is pretty big as well um you know, across all sports um, now Now that that you know, technology is, is becoming available too. But uh, Marshall, we, we really thank you for your time. Really enjoyed it. Um, certainly welcome you on again in the near future. And uh, go Bobcats. Go Bobcats indeed. Well, thanks a lot, Jake. Happy, happy to be here, man.